is Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny on the Revelations Radio Network. Podcasting to you from the overcast forest of Meadowdale, Washington, where I am currently investigating the effective method of putting cloth over my face. I am one of your hosts, <laughs> and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And from Hood River, Oregon, I'm Andrew Hoffman. I don't know if that worked. <laughs> I just pulled my shirt up. I was trying to make a mask mask effect. Yeah, there you go. Podcasting to you from the seaside town of Ames. All right, so the the Führer, Mr. Inslee, is coming out. I, I know it's a bit of an extreme, it's a bit of a reach, but uh, at least Hitler had some redeemable qualities. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, uh, G- Governor Inslee is uh and i haven't told you my theory on him we should talk about that but he's putting into a mandate that we must wear masks when we are inside at all or outside and can't maintain social distance starting on friday so uh this you know i kind of went on a several minute rant last week about just it was a sigh up and this that and the other and here we go we're getting further you know less cases now more masks needed yeah just defies yeah, they, logic. They're running out of running out of the elderly to kill off. Um, so just I don't know. Maybe maybe they're maybe masks help the virus, you know, get into your system better. So they're hoping that by people people wearing masks, more people are going to get it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Uh, I, I'm not that dark on it. I'm just like, hey, this is a version of control. Let's see if I can get people to wear masks, even though they're ineffective and it's not really needed. I think yeah. it's, I think uh, it's all just it's all just a pre-sale. It's all just a promotion for uh, Dr. Bill Gates' vaccine that's coming. Yeah. Hood, Tire, Hood tired Hood, of wearing a mask? Like Hood River County, um, along with several other counties, uh, Kate Brown decided to put us under a masks required in stores order. Uh, my wife just ba- got back from the grocery store and what have you, where they're requiring people to put on masks to go in. So, so thus far, I still have yet to wear a mask, but it's going to get more and more difficult here. Absolutely. Yeah. So you guys are under the, the same mandatory mask thing. So if I were in Lincoln County, Oregon, I could just, um, you know, just tell someone, how dare you assume my race and just keep right on walking. But it might not be so simple here. Oh, I don't know. I don't know the story. What do you got? What do you so got for us? Lincoln County, Oregon put on a, a mask order. But you are exempt um, if you are a minority 
and feel that racial stereotypes um, would unfairly target you if wearing a mask. So if you feel threatened or, you know, untrusted if you're wearing a mask, but only if you're a minority. That's bizarre. Yeah, it really is. So it's it really shows how, um, you know, like none of this is actual law. You know, yeah. None, none, none of these things would stand up to any sort of, uh, you know, having to get passed by a legislature or uh, stand up to any sort of judicial review. There, so yeah, makes me wish I had a little extra cash to hire attorneys to start putting this through court. Well, the uh, oh what. Was it the Oregon Bar Association? Anyway, some bar association came out and said, oh, no, mask orders are totally great. <laughs> and I'm oh, thinking good. they just want the business. They're like, oh, this is a bonanza both sides. Everybody's suing everybody. <laughs> so, of course, they're, they're a fan. Uh, it's, it's pretty bad. Uh, you know, how are the... How are the riots up there? It seems like Chaz took kind of a dark turn. Yeah. Yeah, you know, last week I said, hey, this is a block party during the day. Stuff goes down at night. Uh, ding, ding, ding. I, yeah. What do I win? Um, so <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Uh, there's some weird stuff going on, though, man. Some weird stuff. Um, I haven't made it down to the Chaz. I'm less inclined to after the shooting deaths down there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... You know, it's. I, I think I, I may have touched on this briefly last week, but I wanted to just based off videos and things I've seen of it. Uh, someone in the area, um, there is a huge homeless population in. You know, this is a, in a been an ongoing issue for years mm-hmm. throughout this show and just since two thousand eight. Uh, West Coast cities with a you know met what is it moderate climate temperate climate tend to have a lot of homeless people. Portland, I think, is the number one place to live. Or No, it's Eugene. Eugene is the number one, you know, well-sought-after place for a homeless person to live, followed by Seattle and, and then some uh, suburbs of Los Angeles. So, mm. you know, I think that those in Portland as well. Um, I Personally, San Diego is where it's at. But Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I actually agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I would do it. I would do it that way. Um, anyway, uh, let me turn this thing off. There we go. There's a homeless problem downtown. And as soon as you say, hey, there's a no policing zone over here. Guess who's going to move into that area? The homeless people mm-hmm. and uh, by a lot. So I think that that's been kind of invaded uh, by the homeless. And that, you know, brings with it its own litany of issues uh, with heroin and, and all kinds of other stuff. And then there is the strange case well, of Miss. Mis- let me jump in there, especially when uh, you know a bunch of four uh, channers make posters saying "free food for the homeless" in in Chaz, and uh, you know get a, a bunch of uh, well-meaning organizations to put those posters up in in seattle so i didn't even know about that that's awesome yeah that was a one of the that that happened like day one they made these (laughs) posters that said you know we're gonna feed everybody like free food and chaz especially if you're homeless (laughs) and and then send them to like community organizations 
um, around Seattle, and a few people bought it and put them, printed them out and put them up for them. So, well, there you go. Well, one other thing too is uh, um, people have been uh, they, they've segregated themselves. There's a black only area now. Mm-hmm. People of people a, of color, the most a racist. With, support. A, a park with for blacks only. <laughs> <laughs> Which great job, Democrats. We have rewound history yeah, sixty years. So yeah, this well, is, excellent. This is segregation. So. This is right back to segregation. So that's that's a good good move. Um, but I, I do also have to say there's some super weird stuff going on with this uh, supposed quote unquote warlord that was getting all of the media attention. You remember this guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the uh, armed you know guards and everything around. Uh, I threw a link in the in the folder here, um, and it just was like a kind of a deep dive by someone on Twitter, talking about uh, this guy's name is Raz, but he's all, his real name is Solomon Simone. Or let me see if I can pull it up here. Um, a very interesting background for this gentleman. Uh, just last year, uh, got a grant for eighty thousand dollars from the Seattle uh, city city of Seattle. And that was to uh, supposedly bring music to people who couldn't afford to produce their own music. So he got a grant from the city of Seattle. It's just super strange, I would yeah. say. Um, not uh, not super easy to do. There's a lot right. of musicians in Seattle. And <laughs> this is the first one I've ever heard of getting a grant from the city. So you've heard of this then? No, I haven't heard of this. So, yeah. Uh, this is the this first is the, I've heard of anyone getting a grant from the city for music. <laughs> yeah, bizarre, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Where is this? Um, can I keep moving through here? I know I put it in here. It's somewhere close. Oh, here we go. And this is basically just a thread. There'll be a link to this in the show notes, but this is a thread of uh, what this person discovered on um Twitter and what they posted, basically, uh, FBI Seattle, Justice Department, she was trying to get a lot of people to look into this. Solomon Simone owns an Aurora smoke shop on Aurora Avenue in Seattle since October of 2018, so he owns a smoke shop over there. Uh, He also owns Black Umbrella Management, the business that received $82,000 from the city of Seattle as a grant for music. Solomon Simone also is a commodity properties owner, Airbnb type of business, owns millions of dollars of real estate. Uh, eyewitnesses have seen Raz on Aurora with numerous underage prostitutes. Um, thoughts are that they're being pimped, but she's, she's, there's no proof of that. Um, he is, it's funny. He works. I, he, his whole area there is right in the area where I used to work when I worked at Blockbuster years ago when I first got out of the Navy. Um, he also, Dancing Bear is located right next to Raz's smoke shop. Dancing Bear is a uh, strip club, Dancing Bear, happens to be the strip club where Seattle police officers got into some trouble for buying lap dances in an effort to see if strippers would proposition them for prostitution. Officers couldn't keep their hands to themselves. And there was a bunch of articles about that last year. Um, and then moving on, um, when you look at the strip club, it appears that there's also a financial institution actually being run in front of the strip club. And it shares the same address. It's only labeled as MetaBank on MapQuest. Maybe it's just an ATM. I'm not sure. But Metabank 
is one of the largest prepaid debit card issuers in the United States. More than 50% of debit cards reviewed on getdebit.com are issued by Metabank. Through their premier Metabank payment systems, Metabank services more than 500 prepaid card programs, serves traditional finance and lending institution, blah, 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 has 12 brick-and-mortar operations in a bunch of different places. So how does that matter? Well, this is a loose connection, but it is interesting because even if it's not connected to RAS, it is connected to uh, the HOPE project. So Metabank... Have you heard about, I guess you're not in Washington State, so you may not have heard about this. So the stimulus money that came out, a bunch of people didn't get it because they chose to have it issued on a debit card. And when they went to get their debit card, they never received it. And then they checked with the state and the state says, or the federal government says, hey, we sent it to you. And this has been a huge issue. I mean, Inslee had to talk about it a few weeks ago because the unemployment benefits you know, go on one of Inslee's Twitter posts and there you'll see tons of people below it who are saying they still haven't got their unemployment benefits since this thing started because Washington State has had a ton of money being taken onto the black market or, you know, getting brought onto the dark web, I guess, or being stolen from the Unemployment Security Department. Because with the $600 a week for living expenses and stuff, I mean, it's a bonanza if you can get people's, num- you know, Social right. security number and whatnot. I mean, you can claim the unemployment for them. So they got people who aren't unemployed claiming unemployment. You have people who are unemployed claiming unemployment and then never get their card, their debit card that's supposed to be filled. All this ties back to MetaBank. And MetaBank is loosely connected with Operation Hope. Operation Hope has uh, some interesting ties, particularly with the section of about their partners and board members. Um, Ambassador Young currently serves on the board of several Fortune 500 companies and was appointed by President Bill Clinton to chair the South Africa Enterprise Development Fund. Hmm. So Operation Hope, are you sitting down, has a $9 million partnership with the William Jefferson Clinton Foundation. In fact, Clinton Foundation has a lot of connections with Operation Hope, both in Seattle as well as around the globe. Anyone want to do some more digging? I don't know if the billion-dollar Nigerian scam that Governor Inslee seems to be completely aware of, unaware of, at least he did, <laughs> is, is connected to the Metabank fraud. But I'd love to know why Raz Simone is getting $83,000 grants from the city in Seattle while he has a rap sheet like this. And it, lo- it shows his rap sheet, and I can see... Looks like the oldest one is 2007, but he has 18 different court appearances and charges. Yeah. Well, anyway, so all that is uh, very, very interesting. So who is this guy? How is he the warlord? How is he walking around the the Chaz armed um, and not really being checked? This will go into our... uh, show notes so people want to check that out maybe do a little bit more digging but there's this this guy's very questionable very 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 questionable how is he getting grants from the city of seattle um this is i don't know this feels like controlled opposition apparently uh one of the calls or one of the youtube videos where he's talking in the background he's overheard saying he talks to the mayor every morning mm. so uh you know this whole thing is just uh, bizarre and then of course in the last Let's see. It started, I think, this last weekend. We had two shoot, three shootings in 48 hours, one of which uh, killed somebody uh, within the, the Chaz. Or now, I, I called it Chaz, and I was like really corrected rudely like I was an idiot that it was now the CHOP. And it has oh, been right. for weeks. Right. So, yeah, sorry. Chop. Capitol Hill chop. Occupy Zone or whatever, Capitol Hill Occupy protest, whatever. Uh, I guess Chaz sounds too much like a 
a white sorority kid or a fraternity kid. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's some weird stuff going on, man. Some super weird stuff in this. Well, the, but the the shooting that killed someone. Uh, paramedics they they called nine one one, and paramedics responded, but they would not go in without police, and they the the fine people of Chop uh, would not allow the police in. Well, that's yeah. There's some, there's also some video though. This Raz guy put out where he's yelling at the paramedics who are at the border of the chop or whatever um get in there come on this guy's dying we can help you we can help you and they said we're not going in without escort and they said i'll escort you in i promise you no one will you know come help this guy and then chat and raz is just yelling at him help him help him help him yeah that's not the way it works so yeah you know i mean it's like sorry you don't get to make up your own rules there you're either gonna let the cops in or you're not right you know i mean that's that's how when a, a call goes out, whether it's for a fire or car accident or whatever, that's why that's why they're called first responders. You get cops there along with the EMTs and and firefighters. So, you know, this is I I certainly don't blame the EMTs for acting the way they did. No. And, it, you know, it's funny. He tweeted that out and thought he was going to get all kinds of support. Look at how they don't care about, you know, people being shot and everything else. And, you know, it backfired on him as in it was retweeted by every single conservative in the country. Like, ha I thought you were autonomous. Yeah. We're not going to help. So, yeah. Well, and, and uh, the media did their best, though. They said, like, volunteer medics transported the man to the hospital, which volunteer medics was uh dudes in a pickup truck yeah some dudes in a pickup truck who were who i think were part of the team that was stationed out on the outside of the the zone anyway to protect it so anyway uh moving right along um very very weird situation going on there and uh supposedly it's over now uh but mayor uh in in response to this mayor proposes a 20 million dollar cat tax cut to Seattle police budget amid COVID shortfall. So Durkin is proposing a range of short and long-term strategies to fix the city's budget. We have a very, very dangerous situation brewing in Seattle, and it has been for a long time. I, I don't we when I really started reading about this, uh, I don't think we were doing the show at the time. Uh, it was last year, but you know we have a almost well, we have an outright communist on our city council, mm-hmm. like legit. Um, we have huge business that holds a lot of the, tries to hold a lot of the, uh, uh, politicians responsible. We have extremely left voting, uh, public who continues to vote the city council in. We have small businesses getting pushed out by their ridiculous policies. Mm-hmm. And we have large businesses that like, you know. You know, not that it's good or well, bad, but they could literally, you know, you talk about Boeing, Microsoft and Amazon. I mean, these are businesses that have more GDP than countries and they're doing their best to try to push around the local. Uh, um, well, and the, they were going to throw a tax, politicians, extra tax on Amazon. 
They did. They did. They they succeeded in an extra attack on Amazon. So Amazon's like, I'm out of here. We're going to go somewhere else. And then AOC torpedoes the whole thing in New York. So it doesn't work there. And so now, you know, they have to pay $650 per head of every employee you have if you're in the Seattle city limits. And all that money is supposed to go towards the homeless problem. But actually, it's only going to fix the deficit of all the money they've already spent on homelessness. (laughs) When people added it all up, it's like at this point, you could have just bought everybody an apartment for the amount of money you're spending on this stuff. There's corruption. There's communism. There's big business. And then at the bottom of it all, and I hate can I just say I hate, again, being put in the position to defend the police because we've been no <laughs> fan of the police in this, you know, this yeah. whole podcast. We've talked about how the, the C- Seattle police have had a problem with violence and they've and had a problem with violence against. I'm all about cutting government money for government programs. So, you know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> in a vacuum, I'm like, great. Cut let's, 20 let's, million dollars. So. Sounds great. But here's what's happened, and I have a buddy, actually, from my church who go, who is a Seattle City police officer. And I've talked to him a lot about this. And he said, what's going on now is crazy because there's no support for the police officers from the, the mayor. There's no support for the police officers from the city council. They all act like they hate them and don't need them. Currently, Seattle is the worst, one of the worst paid precincts in the area. So you have across the water, you have Bellevue across Lake Washington, which is a very big city as well, with a ton of money, because that's where really where Microsoft, Expedia and some of the other guys are located. Oh, yeah. And by the the way, Jeff Bezos's neighborhood, not going to have a lack of police. Yeah. Jeff Bezos, Bill Bill (laughs) Gates, Pete, that's that's where they all live in Bellevue. So yeah. they live on the Bellevue side facing Seattle. They can see the Seattle City skyline, but they all live over there. That police force is doing something that is very smart, but it's also causing some cra- crazy repercussions. It's given five, ten, twenty thousand dollars signing bonuses to people who have been trained up by the Seattle City Police, you know, unit and no longer want to be there anymore. Hey, come on over here, we'll give you a bonus, we'll pay you more, and uh, we don't have to train you. And it saves them money. Mm. And so what you have is this vacuum of like people just fleeing to the outer areas uh, where they're going to get a bonus. They're going to get paid more. And hey, guess what? Less crime because they don't have the homeless problem. They don't have the giant Amazon problem. Amazon downtown is crazy. You either make 70,000 plus a year or you're homeless. That's it. (laughs) There's nobody in between down there. So you have all these SJWs walking around, you know, Black Lives Matter, this, that and the other. Um, you know, paying five, ten, eight bucks for a cup of coffee, uh, paying 50 bucks for their lunch, you know, going to these high and mighty, you know, uh, places downtown. Hey, they're fun. I've been to them. They're great. It's a lot of good food. But then you have those businesses that are being kind of beat down by the local Seattle, Seattle city politics. And then you have the homeless who continue to just be around and nobody can seem to fix the problem, quote unquote, and just an endless pile of money going to basically government coffers to figure out what, how to continue to elect this communist to come in there. I mean, she's the one who led the uh, people from the chop all the way down to the mayor's office to protest. It's yeah. just, it's just bizarre. It's just yep. bizarre. So we have this really weird situation and I think it's unique to Seattle because of all the big business we have here and the straight up communists that we have here. So, well, it would, uh, I think it's probably similar in in the Bay Area. Yeah, you've got a lot yeah. of the same dynamics with Silicon Valley, and uh, I 
Is there a way to short the housing market in San Francisco? Is that possible? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you do it. You should try to go find out who the biggest, I would say, find out who the biggest, you know, is it Redfin or Zillow? And then try to, I don't know, something something to that effect. Maybe look at some mortgage companies or something like that. You know, I'm waiting for it here. It, it possibly is going to go down, but I don't know. More people are meeting online, so more people are moving out. So maybe the suburbs prop, property values are going to go up. But at the moment, they're they're pretty stable around here. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. What's going to happen? Yeah, well, I think, you know, it's people don't want to like go through the hassle of moving anytime, but especially now, it's like it's brutal. But yeah, absolutely. So I just want to level with you, Andrew. I'm a little, little down. Yeah. (laughs) I am. And, you know, I do this, we do this show to try and, you know, bring some light and tell people, hey, it's not so bad and just, you know, kind of have our own venting with each other. Um, But this stuff has really got me down lately. It's just, it's never ending and it just feels bizarre, you know, yeah. the whole thing. And I, I don't want to, you know, we used to talk about this all the time on our show. We'd say, hey, if you're getting down by the media and what's going on in the news and stuff, turn it off. It doesn't affect your family. Move on with, with your life and just, yeah. you know, do a media fast and come back. And I may end up doing a media fast here over the next several days. But at the other, on the other the other point is, hey, I'm awake to what's possible during this giant psyop. Mm-hmm. I need the information bring, you know, I need to kind of decipher what's going on everywhere, but I'm slowly starting to feel like Mel Gibson and conspiracy theory where it's just, everything's connected and I'm right. nuts. And I think that's maybe the desired effect. Well, and <laughs> yeah, uh, propaganda is powerful stuff and there's, um, you know, and you can, and none of this stuff, like you said, makes sense in some ways. And then in other ways, it's like, you know, you could see the operation in progress. They're actively working to destroy the country. Like, that's the goal. Um, there is a lot of people out there who um, would rather have, you know, everyone listening to them be totally miserable, upset, uh, fed up so that they are subject to the agitation prop, the agit prop. You know, it, you've got to have, you've got to be in someone's head or be paying them off to get them to the point where they're like going out and breaking things. Uh, and there's, you know, this is, it doesn't happen by accident. Um, but once the revolution kicks off, which it kind of has, uh, at some point, you know, there's no controlling it. Like, I I think it was started on purpose. I think it's being stirred up on purpose. Um, but, there's about uh, half a dozen stories in our folder that will prove it's being stirred up on purpose. Yeah. But then, you know, I people always... They always think, you know, just like invading Iraq or what have you, they think, oh, we can control where this goes. We can make it into a better place or what have you. No, you can't. Like, once you unleash this, um, it's it's bad news. You, you end up with a rebelized country there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, then, you know, I wanted to apologize for last week. I listened to the show afterwards and... 
it's like, man, I just kept ranting and right over Andrew barely let him talk. <laughs> but I, I was mad. But now I've now I've I think I've gone through the seven stages of grief where I went from anger to just sad. <laughs> yeah. Acceptances yeah. or sad, sad or whatever. Um, are you familiar with the amazing Polly? Um, I've heard her more referred to on the No Agenda podcast than anything else. But I see you got sure. some. Yeah. Well, it was just a tweet from her this morning. It said, get ready for a new level of madness. But remember, it's all okay. The world's been here before. Sanity will prevail. I just hope that many, many, many people go to jail once it does. Um, but she goes on a little bit further and says that, you know, she had a basically had a media four day fast and thought that, you know, came back to it and realized that the technocracy is not, uh, what is what is What does she say? That's what it's meant to look like. These tyrants are freaking out. Their tech doesn't work. Their bluffs are being called. And yes, this is war. We are taking losses, but their Potemkin MWO is crumbling, which I thought was somewhat, you know, I don't know, somewhat happy. Yeah. You know, it'd be, It'd be nice if the supposed uh, good guys in that scenario weren't, um, you know, connected to Jeffrey Epstein and hiring Alan Dershowitz and things like that. Sure. Uh, kind of hard to uh, go away from our, I guess, more long-term hypothesis that uh, most of the, the politics is a wwe wrestling and the real agenda is the elites against the the common people yeah 100 percent um one of the things she said though is i look at a lot of old newspapers and sometimes you'd swear they're from today and then she said that she also read and i wanted to talk to you about this because i thought it was interesting she also read that hideous strength published in 1945 and thought it was Mm. jaw-dropping she may end up doing a video about it so Oh, I know that's yeah. a that's a show that, or a book that you've been recommending for years on this show. Yeah, C.S. Lewis book, and it's got um, yeah, it's got all sorts of characters that that apply um, apply to today for sure. I think we talked about it back in the Janet Napolitano era. <laughs> yeah, because the or like the main uh, police captain woman. Uh, matches that uh right that type of person yeah, yeah. So. that's right that's exactly when we talked about that so um there's also the he- head in the jar that gives you know is demonically tied in with the uh with the powers that be and gives instructions and yeah so, so it's a te- is that a television <laughs> the head in a jar I, I don't know there's there's a few politicians similar of uh <laughs> <laughs> similar aptitude to the head in the jar but anyway also i continue to when i get in any of these conversations with people continue to to throw out pizzagate or epstein or any of that and a lot of people are on board a lot of people yeah. understand what it is and what's going on and that's bizarre <laughs> i gotta tell yeah. you that everybody know, like a lot of people are waking up to the fact that that is, is, a, is a realistic part of what's going on and i don't know i just feel it's almost sinister that like I, like I mentioned last week, externalization of the hierarchy that so many people would know that that's what's going on, but not nobody would be doing anything unless, of course, we're to believe that QAnon is true. And there's thousands of sealed indictments about to come out. I'll believe it when I see it. Amen. Not, not seeing it. 
So I think one thing we can agree on is that if they've got to NASCAR, then they've these social justice warriors and the media that's trying to stir up the race war has got everywhere. I mean, if that if they've got the NASCAR, they've got everything. So, well, yes and no. Uh, NASCAR was like uh, overtly corporate, corporately sold out, like from the beginning. Like that's the the origin of it is car companies looking for advertising venues and then they just everything you know i mean the joke uh oh their jersey's gonna look like a nascar driver pretty soon means that something is full of logos everywhere and they can't can't say anything without uh listing off sponsors and what have you so they you know they've been all in on the um selling out to corporate sponsorship since day one that's true um but I, mean, I think they literally, they literally call it the Home Depot car, the UPS car. Yeah. The... But NASCAR fans, on the other hand, uh, is the demographic. <coughs> Dr. <Doctor> Future. <coughs> the, the, the demographic that Hillary Clinton was thinking about when she said the deplorables. Like, she's thinking NASCAR fans. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, Southerners. Um, at least nominal Christians. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the. So, I've, a few weeks ago, um, because I I've actually you know during the shutdown, lack of sports, um, it's, it wasn't football season anyway, but. Uh, you know, my old saying, there's always more football. Well, there hasn't been. There hasn't been more sports. You know, it's it's been rough. So I've I've been watching NASCAR. Um, and uh, Bubba Wallace, who, you know, the he's named Bubba and he's got pretty light skin, but he's he's black. Okay, so he's a black uh, NASCAR driver. The one black NASCAR driver. Um, he had his car all decked out in Black Lives Matter stuff a, a few weeks ago. Okay. Um, and was all in, you know, they're interviewing him. He's just all in George Floyd killing the end of the world. You got to stop police brutality, yada, yada, yada. So in NASCAR, this has always been a um, 9-11 remembering, flag-waving, you know, NASCAR fans. That is their, you know, war on terror, let's go. That is demographic um, to the T, you know, re- Republican, what have you. So I'm sure that there were uh, quite a few NASCAR fans not super happy with the Black Lives Matter uh, paint job. And there was another, another uh, driver that, you know, controversially had a back the blue design that was pro police. Oh no! Um, so to me, this all seems like, uh, you know, WWE type, type propaganda. But anyway, so he he drives the car. You know, the broadcast just laps it up the um 
you know, there's no like visible anyone protesting it or complaining about it. I'm sure quite a few people privately had their uh, their disagreement with it. So then they go to the next race. And it is the end of the world because NASCAR tells Bubba Wallace that they found a noose in his car stall. And, oh my goodness, it's a, a noose. They're, people were saying they're going to lynch Bubba Wallace because he's because of the Black Lives Matter thing, because he's black, and because everyone in NASCAR is secretly a, a terrible racist. And it was the a huge story everywhere, right? I mean, this this was far beyond uh, NASCAR media. This is ES, ESPN was clamoring for this though because oh, they, they have nothing. Is, yeah, this they, is all, all sports, but beyond. You know, the this is a huge news story everywhere. Um. And I wish we'd done a show before the truth came out because this is this was not hard to predict. Okay, no, <laughs> everybody was predicting it so much. I thought, oh, this must be real because there were so many people predicting that it was yeah. that it was fake. Because uh, there was no picture of the noose. Like, like okay, you say there's a noose. Like, show the picture of the noose. Um, there was people saying from the very beginning, like, well, these are secure areas. It's not like someone can just walk in there and set this up. And, you know, it could be, be partially because there's lots of expensive equipment and partially because of COVID-19 there's, it's a, a very secure area. Like you don't get in without uh, being someone official, um, which was taken by people like Jamel Hill, formerly of ESPN now at the Atlantic to mean like, see, this is NASCAR itself sending a message that, oh, they hate that the, they hate black people, and they're gonna, they want, uh, you know, this is an official NASCAR act and shows you what they, uh, those Trump loving NASCAR people are all about. So, on on the race, uh, did you see any of the footage from this? I. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Who couldn't? Okay. Who could miss this? So, so they, they, the other drivers got behind Bubba Wallace and pushed his car out front, and then it was parked out front of all the others. Everyone from all the crews and what have you walked along behind. You know, we love Bubba. We stand with Bubba. You know, he's crying and and giving speeches and giving interviews. And and in one of the interviews, they ask him, like, what do you say to those people that are skeptical that this event even happened? And he's, oh, you know, they're so simple minded and just ignorant and don't realize what things are really like. And afraid of change. You're afraid of change. Because because uh, one of the, you know, the trending Twitter topics was uh you know, Jesse Smollett with the, with the when this thing came out. And what do you know? Turns out it wasn't a noose. It was a rope. Oh. And it was the same rope that is in every other garage stall because it's attached to the garage door. And if you want to, if you have to manually pull the thing down, you can pull, use the rope to pull down the garage door. It's not a You're noose. Kidding. Oh, no. And, uh, by the way, that same rope had been hanging there in that same garage stall back in 2019 when it was a white driver in there. And it's hanging in every other garage stall. 
but you know, this is it took the FBI sending fifteen people down there to to figure this out. Um, I don't totally blame Bubba Wallace because supposedly, anyway, NASCAR came to him and said, "We found a noose in your stall." Right. You know, so he's probably got the same uh, imagery that everyone else does when they hear that. Like, oh no, you know, it's, um, I don't know. I don't know who reported this. I don't know who first saw the rope and said, Oh, that's a noose. And it's a directed at Bubba Wallace. I don't, I mean, maybe the whole thing was a publicity stunt and a a chance for a NASCAR to virtue signal. And then when it comes out that there was nothing there, like, yes, it's embarrassing, but it also, you know, it got a lot of eyeballs. Oh yeah. So I, I, I wouldn't pass put it past being something that was done intentionally from that perspective of just a, just a publicity stunt. Um, I don't see how anyone in their right mind could not figure out in 10 minutes that this was not a a noose. No, absolutely. No, I think it's, I think it's definitely a, uh, a tool that ESPN uses to get eyes, to get people interested in the sport. Hey, it's the only sport going right now. Check it out. There's a controversy the end yeah and also uh, somebody pointed i heard somebody point this out which i thought was a great point fbi you know as you know uh marauding you know people marauding uh groups of people you know riot and tear down statues across the united states Ah, not interested bubble wallace (laughs) bubble wallace finds a noose (laughs) in his garage we, we better get on it yeah yeah. What's going on with this news? And, you know, it's good that it was the FBI because I tend to believe most of everything that comes out from the FBI. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, and that's this, a, this the, show has been a complete, the, you know, documentation of, the, of how the FBI is, is uh, trustworthy at every turn. It You didn't. Yeah. Um, and this is this is still how it's being spun. Like, well, the FBI says it's not, but that doesn't mean it was wasn't. You know, that's the, still, that, if, that is still was, out the, there in mainstream media. It's like a, a blogger could have figured this out. Like, just take a picture. Okay, that's they what they that's what Bloggers they said. Literally the did was. figure this out. <laughs> and then the, the the NASCAR, one of the NASCAR writers said, oh, wait, I found this in an old picture from the same garage stall last year. Look, the rope, the rope is still there <laughs> when it was not assigned to Bubba Wallace. So it was assigned to a a different driver. It, yeah, I mean, it's the one silver lining is it does make people remember, uh, the Jesse Smollett thing, but you know, even oh, I though following, I started following an interesting person on Instagram yesterday. His name was Bubba Smollett. He's got some really good, <laughs> he's got some really good tweets yesterday. Yeah. He was starting a conversation. He said, uh, can you guys uh, share the first time a, a, a garage door messed with you and what your experiences <laughs> have been? Yes. And honestly, it, he deserves that, but more so uh, NASCAR deserves it. You know, because I would like to think that he was ma- he was manipulated, too. Yeah, I, I think it's very likely. I don't think he came up with this on his own. 
Um, and there, you know, there was even a whole storyline like he had a Black Lives Matter car and he got NASCAR to, to ban the Confederate flag. And that just upset people so much that they, you know, were, ah, we're going to lynch Bubba. <laughs> just uh, anyway. Um, it's a mountain out of a molehill story, but there wasn't even a molehill there. <laughs> it was just there was just a nothing. mountain out of nothing. Yeah, a mountain out of nothing. Perfect. So maybe that's what Jesus was talking about when he said he turned a mustard <laughs> seed into a mountain. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. No. Okay. <laughs> anyway, last time we uh, did a show, we were going to talk about QAnon, and we didn't actually get to it. Did you want to talk on that, or did you want to go in a different direction? What do you What are you thinking? I'm going to allow you to lead us because well, I, I'm just, uh, a little bit so the, down over here. So the the QAnon thing. Um, well, where I was going to go is not not exactly a picker upper. Uh, <laughs> it's fine, but we need a direction. I think. Okay. So. My opinion, I've seen no evidence to convince me that my original opinion on QAnon was wrong. And my original opinion uh, is that QAnon is um, is obviously the information itself is bogus and the intention of it is to uh, keep people who might otherwise um, be active to be inactive and to, you know, sit back and quote, watch the show and believe that there's, you know, some superhero named Donald Trump who's just going to throw all the bad guys in jail and do everything. And, um, you know, that the agenda just seems to be sit back and just make sure you vote for Trump. So that's all you got to do. Yeah. And that's tough. It's a tough direction to go in uh, because I think it's weird. It's like a, hey, let's let's normalize this. Let's let everybody know that there's human sacrifice and you know pedophilia <laughs> and all this other stuff, and then uh, we'll we'll let them think that QAnon is going to fix it all. And right. kind of kind of like you know we ta- you talked about in the last show. It's uh, almost like a maybe it was on our lost episode. Oh, the lost episodes. Mm. Um, <laughs> But, it, it, you know, it's it, a lot of it, QAnon stuff reads like a horoscope and not that, you know, you or I would be into horoscopes, but just that yeah. the basic premise behind a horoscope is you read it and you think, hey, that's kind of true. It's kind of like me. And then you read the next, you know, the one for the next sign. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of true, too. And, and it's kind of uh, shooting fish in a barrel. It's some of it's cur- somewhat correct. And if you put out enough stuff, then you can say, hey, this right. is, you know, this was predicted. Yeah, so, there was there was a uh, like, oh, everything's going to go dark was like a QAnon post. Right. And then there's an, um, a cell tower or a cell network outage, a major one. Um, but this is like four months later and people are like, Oh, see Q was right. It's like, no, come on. (laughs) You cannot, uh, predictions are only valid if there's like, specificity to them and a specific timeline to them. You can't just say like, Hey man, stock market's going to crash <laughs> sometime <laughs> in the future. Like, you know, you don't get credit for, for calling that because of course it will at some point, you know, or yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Just like and, my good friend, you know, Peter Schiff, he's predicted 12 of the last two market <laughs> crashes. So Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> All right, so where where I wanted to go um, is this article from a very liberal outlet, but this is actually some good journalism, uh, ProPublica. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's super long, but it's called um, Fire Through Dry Grass, which is an Andrew Cuomo quote, um, talking about COVID-19 and nursing homes. And we talked about the Canadian story on it. Um, So this is focused on New York and actually on one particular nursing home. Uh, So fire through dry grass, Andrew Cuomo saw COVID-19's threat to nursing homes, then he risked adding to it. I would change that headline and make it a little stronger, but that's what it says. Uh, Nursing home in Troy, New York, followed the governor's order to accept patients being treated for COVID-19. Six weeks later, 18 residents were dead of of the disease. On April 3rd, Stephanie Gilmore, a 34-year-old nurse working at the Diamond Hill Nursing Home in Troy, New York, was summoned to a supervisor's office. The home's administrator and nursing director were there to relay some distressing news. Gilmore said they told her that a resident in the home had recently gone to the hospital where she tested positive for COVID-19. The resident was set to return to Diamond Hill, making her the first confirmed COVID-19 case at the 120-bed facility north of Albany. The risk to the home staff and other residents were obvious. The virus was ravaging nursing homes across the country. But the week before, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo and his health commissioner, Howard Zucker, had all but made such discharges mandatory. If a hospital determined a patient who needed nursing home care was medically stable, the home had to accept them. So not recovered, not COVID-19 free, just medically stable. Um, moreover, the nursing home could not test any such prospective residents, those treated for COVID-19 or those hospitalized for other reasons, to see if they were newly infected or perhaps still contagious despite their treatment. It was all laid out in a formal order effective March 25th. New York was the only state in the nation that barred testing of those being placed to return to nursing homes. Um, so, store that piece of information away in the why was it worse in New York than everywhere else category. In the weeks that followed the March 25th order, COVID-19 tore through New York New York State's nursing facilities, killing more than 6,000 people. That's two 9-11s. About 6% of its more than 100,000 nursing home residents. In all, as many as 4,500 COVID-19 infected patients were sent to nursing homes across the state according to a count conducted by the Associated Press. The state declined to say if it knew how many COVID-19 patients had been sent to return to to Diamond Hill. Officials with Diamond Hill refused to disclose the number. By June 18th, 18 of Diamond Hill's residents had died from the virus and 58 had been infected. At least 50 of the facility's more than 100 workers had also been sickened with COVID-19. States that issued orders similar to Cuomo's recorded comparably grim outcomes. Michigan lost 5% of roughly 38,000 nursing home residents to COVID-19 since the outbreak began. New Jersey lost 12% of its more than 43,000 residents. In Florida, where such transfers were barred, 
just 1.6% of 73,000 nursing home residents died of the virus. California, after initially moving toward a policy like New York's, quickly revised it. So far, it has lost 2% of its 103,000 nursing home residents. The decision by Cuomo and Zucker, whose department regulates all nursing homes in the state, drew fire as soon as it was announced from medical experts, nursing home operators, and families of residents. Cuomo himself had said protecting nursing home residents was the state's top priority, once calling the threat fire through dry grass. Steve McLaughlin, the county executive where Diamond Hill is located, viewed the state's directive as madness and chose to defy it. What a novel concept, seeing something that is clearly evil and unlawful and defying it. Imagine someone with a spine, Tim. It's good to see him. So he he defied the order, refusing to allow any COVID-19 patients to be returned to or placed in the one nursing home run by the county. The 120-bed facility, Van Rensselaer Manor, has not seen a single COVID-19 death. Zero out of a 320-bed facility. So that guy, he, um, you know, if you run the numbers, so New York, uh, what was the percentage? Um, 6%. So that guy likely saved about 18 people's lives by doing that, by standing up to Cuomo and saying, uh, and, and notice that the fact that he defied the order um, there was no media coverage. There was no. no big stand down with it. Like the the real protest, you could tell something is a real protest or a real act of civil disobedience because the media will not touch it. You know, you'll get a a mention in an article in a you know somewhat obscure publication six weeks later. <laughs> you know, this this will not be on CNN around the clock. Um, okay, back to the article there. Cuomo and New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy have defended their approach as a way to open up crucial beds at a moment when it appeared hospitals would be overwhelmed by COVID-19 patients needing intensive care. So what they are tacitly admitting is, well, you know, we're supposed to have all these so many more cases and we figured uh, let the old people die in nursing homes. Uh, we'll try and save the younger ones. I mean, that's, do you read that any other way? No, so. I think it's more just pump up the numbers. Yes. Yeah, so, it, um, okay. I guess, I don't know how much, so it goes into, it's a, it's a excellently written and very detailed article. It goes through like specific victim stories in the facility, what family members went through, and what have you. Um, and keep you know, keep in mind in case you aren't sure whether this was done intentionally or not, that the um, you know transgender health director in Pennsylvania took uh, her own mother out of a nursing home 
before this order was put in place. It, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah I forgot about that. Yeah. Yep. said, mm. go to a hotel, Mom. Uh, so, and then the absolutely insane case that I, I think we talked about um, where there was footage that came out of a young, like, m- mentally unstable adult, like a 20-year-old guy, beating up an old man. Do you remember that? Yep. And that one was, man, that was hard to watch. Did, did we mention that on the show? Uh, that might have been it was, before. It was before we started back up, but yeah. Okay, so absolutely. But the president even retweeted that. That was one that, that, that yeah. the Donald retweeted. Retweet. Well, so when that video initially came out, everyone thought that this was nursing home abuse and that that guy must work there because he's like 20 years old, you know? I mean, it, right. No, he was a patient there, but the only reason he was a patient there is because he had COVID-19. So th- they took someone who was in a mental health, uh, you know, a mental institution type deal, took him out of that and transferred him to a nursing home with a bunch of 90-year-olds so that he could spread COVID-19. That's in the bizarre. nursing home. I, didn't, I never I never investigated it down that. I never and, realized that was the end result of that deal. And they couldn't say no because because of the Michigan order that, oh, you have to accept people with COVID-19 into your nursing home. Uh, obviously, you know, they should have said no. They should have said, are, are you kidding me? It, I mean, why would you take a mentally unstable, like a mentally ill young male into your facility at all but then then he's got COVID-19 too it's just yeah. this this was a eugenics um, you know the the alternative media name for it COVID-1984 um, you know back in the day I wrote when I was uh, more active in the stuff I wrote a book uh, the New World Order and the Eugenics Wars. This is a eugenics war. They're killing off the old people. They're uh, absolutely, you know, the whole race riot stuff, as much as the media claims to be on the side of, of African Americans, it is exactly on the opposite side. Um, you know, this is the people who are supposedly being helped by black black lives matter uh absolutely being hurt by this whole thing so absolutely i couldn't couldn't agree more although it is a little dark uh <laughs> as everything seems to be these days kind of tough but, to get around it but you know and you know to tie it back to qAnon if we can't get some of these governors and health directors locked up after killing thousands of people you know through these uh, decisions then we're not getting thousands of sealed indictments you know <laughs> um, which you know by the way we're not getting thousands of sealed, <laughs> sealed indictments you know. I want to believe I want Hillary, to believe Andrew. Hillary Clinton is not going to jail come on man frazzle drip <laughs> 
Um, a couple things. One, is the book still online for sale? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I can link it in the show notes for this show. Andrew has a book, ladies and gentlemen, New World Order and the Eugenics Wars, where you can read about all the things that are happening now <laughs> from from 12 years ago. From 12 years ago. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's a lot in there that I would say, like, oh, I that was wrong, or I shouldn't have, or, you know, see it turned out so much differently. <laughs> but, sure, sure. I don't know. Even the cover? Pretty controversial cover. <laughs> controversial cover. Um, I, sh- I should have kept the baby version, the original version. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll put that in the show notes for sure. And then, obviously, you know, you kind of hinted at this, or your basic synopsis was it's eugenics. Uh, did you finish the Corbett Report full series on Bill Gates? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I... And- I, that was uh, a step-by-step documentation oh, that was of so what, good. what his beliefs are. And uh, not just, hey, he's a good guy, he donates money. But, like, direct <laughs> ties to Planned Parenthood and control and all of these things. Uh, definitely worth everybody's time. Maybe I'll throw a link to that in the show notes as well. If you haven't seen that, you need to or listen to it. You can listen to the audio version. Or, and I think it's a total of a four-part series. Meet yeah. Bill Gates. Yeah, and and uh, you know it's up on alternative platforms as well. But uh, if you've got the hard drive space and the fast internet connection, definitely download it yourself. Um, this stuff's not up there forever, so yeah, for sure. You know, I I uh, <laughs> I was trying to find it. You know. There have been dozens of Alex Jones rants about Bill Gates, but there was one back in the day that was just, you know, uh, hit all hit all the eugenics points and the all sorts of stuff, and it is gone. I cannot find that on on the internet at all. So well, like Alex you, Jones, good. Well. Yeah, and part of it is because Alex Jones is being uh, scrubbed from... <laughs> yeah, he's being scrubbed. He's been marginalized, which kind of brings us to another topic, which is the whole cancel culture thing that's going on right now. Um, and what may be one of the targets uh, upcoming uh, is uh, Joe Rogan. And I don't think that Joe Rogan is necessarily a bastion of truth, um, but I do think that he gets on the show and... He appears to be at least a genuine guy in search of knowledge, you know, a little bit preoccupied with the uh, drugs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ayahuasca and all, all, all of those things. Ayahuasca. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I have a little bit of uh, sympathy for for uh, for Joe because, you know, the stuff he believes in or is, is curious about the spirit realm, aliens, all that stuff, you know, in, in light of a, a public or excuse me, in light of a biblical worldview that we see in Ephesians and, and other places, I think that, you know, it is that, that this, you know, it is very spiritual world that we live in. It's just that the current media and, uh, um, basically just culture yeah. in the United States has, has pulled that side, that aspect away. And now you're kind of crazy for thinking that. And this is something that Gons talks about a lot on the Canary cry radio show, which is, Hey, 
I've been a Christian for the last, you know, eight or 10 years, and it doesn't seem like the American Christians are awake to the, the spiritual warfare that's going on. They continue mm. to be asleep at the wheel for, you know, transhumanism and the coming kind of technocracy. Right. Um, almost lost my train of thought. Being ADD is hard. Well, um, the, you were on Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan and how he's, sure. they're trying to cancel him. And I think that there is a so anyway I, I have sympathy for him because I think he's onto something with all that, um, but you know out of nowhere and I, I got to admit when I first heard it I rolled my eyes too you know about a month or two ago Joe Rogan says boom Spotify only that's it you guys can come get the show there, and forcing everybody of course to have to download Spotify and that's the only way you can get his podcast no longer going to be available starting I guess in August on I, Apple Music Library or any of the other independent podcasts. Uh, apps where you can subscribe, you know, to them online and kind of control the feed. Um, I, I, for one, was like, "This is horrible! What the heck? What a what a what a dumb move!" And then, you know, Adam Curry talked about, and a lot of people have been talking about, "Look what's happening now in the cancel culture." And if he has a good enough deal with Spotify that he won't get canceled then that might have been the right move because Alex Jones got completely scrubbed from the Apple Music directory and the Google Music directory or Google Podcast directory and all of the others so that you had to actually go to InfoWars, find the RSS, and you know that's the only way you can get it now, yeah. which is, you know, he talked about driven his his views and listens just severely down. So, you know, maybe well, maybe Joe saw it coming and it was or maybe it was just an opportunity for him to do it. So it's a we're in a weird place. I mean, hey, what, what's got canceled this week? Uncle Ben's rice, Aunt Jemima, <laughs> yeah. um, Aunt Jemima's syrup, uh, to the chagrin of her own a, family. They're, a bunch they're, of they're like a bunch of statues, which we, I guess, yeah, we could bunch talk, of, bunch talk of, about that. But statues. I, I think, um, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. But the the reason that cancel culture works is uh activist group um in and their impact on advertisers so if you want to not get canceled you need to find a way to not rely on advertising either directly or indirectly um so yeah i think that's why there's constant stories about because they're trying to cancel Tucker, Tucker Carlson, right? Yeah. And and uh, you know I don't watch commercials. I fast forward through them, um, but you could still see what is on. And man, there are some obscure um, products being advertised on Tucker Carlson because uh, if you're a, a major corporation like. You don't want sleeping giants attacking you, and and there's this perception that the small Twitter mob represents America, and that everyone is 100% in on this whole um, cancel everyone, liberal orthodoxy. Um, you know, because we're all socialists what's now. That's what's amplified in the media. And the, the irony is that uh, these giant corporations, which, um, you know, are what are always pointed at as the evils of capitalism, are the ones funding the revolution. <laughs> you know? 
They, and what they haven't figured out yet is just because they're funding the revolution does not mean that they are protecting or exempting themselves from the revolution. Um, Tim Cook uh, of Apple can say and you know virtue signal all he wants. Um, he will likely get canceled at some point. You know, all the, so. all these Jimmy Kimmel's getting canceled right now. Um, Epstein Island flight logs. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I won't shed a tear. Yeah. There's. So you either you know, the fact that the either, man show existed twenty years ago is <laughs> <laughs> still amazing. Yeah. It's, <laughs> no, it I, is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Because this is not literally, literally the juggies, which was girls bouncing on trampolines, was <laughs> was like a part of it. Yeah, there's a skit where he goes on the street and gets people to women to to grab whatever's in his pants. He did blackface. He quoted the n word. Um, you know, I was never a fan anyway, so whatever. Yeah, you know, I guess I should care because, but I don't. You know, he's on the Epstein flight logs. It's a hard pass. I'm not. I'm not defending him. Yeah. Um... Interesting. It's interesting that him and Corolla went such different directions. Well, and Corolla is, I've always been uh, sympathetic to Corolla myself. I, I, I grew up listening to him in a lot of ways. But I mean, what's the point of canceling him? You don't, he doesn't have the national audience. He's a podcaster. He's been a podcaster for over 10 years. You know, maybe his time will come, but I, I don't see it. And he has a very uh, uh, what's loyal base. So, yeah. Turns out Jimmy skyrocketed into fame, may skyrocket down. But hey, you know, another weird thing, Jimmy already knew. Jimmy took two months off to be with his family mm. before all this happened. So maybe the the blackface and everything, and the, he saw the writing on the wall. There's some yeah. some weird stuff stuff going on with that. But anyway, um, cancel culture, yeah. uh, people are pushing for And they, hey, here's one that I, I, I even tweeted about this. Cancel Yale. Yeah. Yeah, hey, let's, let's rename Yale. I mean, hey, what's what's fair game? It's fair game. If we're going to rename syrup bottles, why don't we rename the slave trading, uh, opium uh, trading? Remember that was like the drug, yeah. the drugs, the opium is what really financed you know your elite colleges in the early 1800s. So yeah, hey, let's let's change Yale. Let's cancel Yale. <laughs> let's cancel Harvard. Yale. Um... Stanford also, you know, problematic, very problematic people involved. Yeah. Um, it's almost like really rich and powerful people that get them stuff named after them. Uh, not always the nicest people in history. Interesting. I know it's, rich and powerful. So you're saying it's not a, a, a race issue? You think it's more of a class <laughs> issue? Well, more of a, uh, yeah, sell your soul to the devil for wealth issue there. But what's the you know somebody asked me the other day what's the contract look like for the, <laughs> the, the, the devil sale I, said, I don't know man maybe a couple mil 50 grand a month I don't know I don't know what it is it doesn't look like a good deal to me no not a good deal doesn't look like a good deal to me it uh yeah you end up looking like George Soros not yeah. ideal or Tom Cruise you know you don't age you just you know continue to drink the blood of children or whatever it is <laughs> I don't it's crazy, Adrenochrome man. Adrenochrome or whatever. Adrenochrome yeah. is out there. It's uh, <laughs> that's a thing. 
It's a, it's a real thing. And, it, it, and it's bizarre to hear everyone else talking about it. So what what is the end goal here? To sit back and watch QAnon? This is a strange time to be alive. I think I am. I think I've decided during the course of this podcast, I'm going to take a, a media fast. I usually have a fast like goal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If, and I usually end up a little short of that, even if I'm like actually fasting, not eating. But I'm definitely I think it's time for a media fast for me. I'm like addicted to Twitter. I completely got off Reddit now addicted to Twitter and mm. reading stories and just trying to see what's going on everywhere. And I'm just I think I'm making myself crazy. I think it's yeah. a it's a, de- a dangerous direction to go in. Not that I'm going to like self-harm or harm anyone else, but just dangerous as in like, where's my headspace? What's really important in my life? Am I completely distracted from my own children and what's going on in front of my face because I'm so worried about keeping my eyes open for what's going on around me? So that's kind of where I am with it. And it's weird to do a news show and say, hey, by the way, I'm going to not look at the news. But I think I would be better off not looking for the news the next two or three days and then coming back to it with a fresh perspective. Like, okay, what... Right. What's happening now? And and uh, how about you? How's your mental health? I don't mean to put you on the spot and everything, but I just you know. Oh, it it kind of goes in and out, you know. Lori and I have to take turns keeping each other uh, sane, you know. Like, hey, don't don't fly off the handle there. <laughs> um, but uh, now we're hanging in there. It's I just. You know, there's only so much I can take. I don't, I don't spend hours and hours reading everything I can find anymore. That's for sure. So, and I also, as far as social media goes, um, both because of who is on there and because of how it's set up, uh, No Agenda Social is a much healthier social media experience. So I, I'll, have to, I'll, I'll have to go check that out. You, you have a huge amount of control over um, what you see, what you don't see. Um, you can block whole domains. Um, and then you can change each feed to kind of match what, what you want out of it. So if you want like a, a news feed only, um, you know, you can have that. You can have only stuff from other no agenda people. Um, they have a lot of Twitter bots that people have made so that if you want to see posts from someone on Twitter, but um, you don't want to actually have to go to Twitter, you just follow that Twitter bot for that person. And you see I'll their posts. That out. Yeah. It's a good, uh, a good product because it is, um, well, I don't know. See what see what you think. I have my own theories on why it is different and better than Twitter. Yeah. Hey, we've this this show we've definitely talked about open source and the GNU project and GNU license, you know, half a dozen different times. So um that's a that's a cool way to do to do the social. Um, the one thing I want to touch on before we kind of wrap it up is I did you listen to not the most recent episode of No Agenda but the one before that? Uh, I think I'm like, I think I'm through most of that one. Yeah. Okay. There was the beginning of that episode I thought was one of the most important things I'd heard in, in media in a long, long time. And that was the, the, uh, 
reporter for the Epoch Times talking about how China wages war. Mm, yeah. It, and it went into just the different, uh, you know, spiritual, cultural, and then, you know, just outright, you know, uh, physical warfare. Obviously, that's not how they're doing this, but more just trying to go after the youth of our of, of, of a country. And, you know, it, it, it when you really look at that and think about, holy cow, this place, you know, they've been around for or this place. China has been like it's. It's been around throughout like human right. history, right? One of the oldest. And if they have a 500-year plan on how to take down, uh, <laughs> you know, the USA, it would be very slow, but, you know, eventually ha- successful, right? And one of the reasons posited through that uh, was that it was, you know, would start with the uh, money being given to uh, university professors and, and right. uh, they would kind of bring a Marxist or socialist view into the classroom. And I think that's what we're seeing a lot on the streets these days oh, is kind absolutely. of the result of that. Right. Right. Is the result of that. Um, you've got people learning about this cool hip thing called socialism so cool, <laughs> and thinking man. that, you know, this has never been tried anywhere. This is a great idea. I was talking to a guy <laughs> from my work and he's a, he left uh, Russia just before, or he left the Soviet Union just before the wall fell, moved to the United States and moved to the Seattle area. And like every time I, I pull him aside, I say, hey, man, why can't you, can you go out and talk to some of these kids? <laughs> just, <laughs> just, can you go down to the Chaz, really, and just like let them know like what, yeah. <laughs> what direction we're headed here? And he just laughs. He says, I, I don't know what to say to them. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's... Uh, we're going to need some divine intervention or we're headed to a very bad place. But. Well, that's great. Great way to end the show. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> I, I do have uh, some words of wisdom, though. For oh, good, good. Well, there's two things I wanted to touch on. One was, and I can't find it now, but I'll try and throw it in the show notes. But basically, somebody on Twitter was tracking all of the university uh, professors who had been fired um, mm. for accepting funds and not reporting it uh, from the CCP. Seems like that should China. be a better story. Yeah, it seems like our, someone our should cover story. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it seems like somebody should cover it. But no. Oh, Aunt Jemima. Aunt, Aunt I, wonder, Jemima. I wonder if those news organizations are also getting money from China. Hmm. Oh yeah, that's a great. That's a great point. Also, did you see the super? Like, I guess at this point it's iconic. This is like somewhat. Uh, uh, it's definitely a meme and definitely somewhat uplifting. Did you see the guy eating the the the, the package of ramen noodles raw when Cuomo? Yes, yes. This is the greatest <laughs> clip I have ever seen. <laughs> it's right there, Mr. Como. You just gotta look it up. <laughs> I don't, how would you eat ramen noodles like that? I don't. <laughs> Like you literally it's just my, need some hot water. That's I all you need. I showed my wife. I don't know if she thought it was as funny as I did, but I, uh, I thought it, I thought it was the funniest video of 2020. <laughs> just all right. I'm gonna play it. It's five seconds, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Or no, it's 15 seconds. I don't know if it's just, gonna do it any justice. Well, just just, just, just imagine the man saying these things is eating um, ramen noodles right out of the box or right, right out, out of the package, package. Yeah. not cooked. While, while sprinkling hot sauce on them, <laughs> he's mildly sweaty and just looks like, I don't know, 
one in every ten, you know, young American men. It looks it looks like someone that might not know how to make ramen noodles the correct way. <laughs> but he clearly is smarter than uh, the Cuomo reporter. Yes. This is the oh, this is so good. And please show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. And please. The First Amendment, you just gotta look it up, Mr. Cummel. <laughs> Please show me where it says that protesters are supposed to be peaceful. Uh, how about this? <laughs> the First Amendment. It's right just, to peaceably uh, just, assemble. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe, maybe assemble. Cuomo I mean, doesn't know that peaceably um, is a, a another form of the word peaceful. Is that yeah. is that the problem? Thought it meant something another, totally different. Another thing we're seeing in the streets, I think, is a lack of civic knowledge. People don't understand how the government works. They think Trump is in charge of everything. Trump is ordering the police brutality. They don't understand that there's there's ways to redress your government, to vote for city council, to do all these things. It's just, hey, we don't know what's going on. This looks bad. Trump did it. That's it. No understanding of basic civics and how things work. Uh, because it, it's not taught in schools anymore. Well, and you have to ask yourself, um, why did the, you know, the elites, the people that run things, switch from a pro-America propaganda to a very anti-American propaganda? Because, you know, there's truth to the idea that what kids were being taught back in the 1950s um, the rosy view of America history, America has always won every war, America you know, is always right um, there's there are holes to be poked in that version of history, but there's also plenty of holes that can be poked in the version of history that's being taught now, the Marxist view of history Um America's and the idea all bad. that that America is all bad, and that but that somehow, um, even though the American government is all bad, uh, what we need is more government, more powerful government, just to start doing the right thing. And you kind of have to ask yourself, uh, why did that propaganda get switched? Uh, when did it switch? I would say, kind of nineteen sixties is when it switched. Um, but it wasn't an overnight change and, you know, what's, what is the agenda behind it? And I think the agenda is one world government. It's uh, America is bad. Your country's bad. You know, whatever country you're living in is good. Glo- globalism though, if we could just have a bigger, more powerful government oh, to control everyone, then things would be good. National police force is coming. You don't like this chaos, do you? Yeah. How about a national police force? Oh, maybe just skip straight to a world police force. Oh, there you go. Right before words of wisdom, I want to throw one more in there for people to check out. East Brunswick, New Jersey. Three people found dead in the swimming pool of house they just moved into. This sounded extremely suspect. It was on MSN.com. Eight-year-old girl, her mother and grandfather, all found dead in their New Jersey swimming pool, died as a result of accidental drowning. The manner of death was accidental and the result of drowning, county medical's officer said. The family moved into the house just 20 days earlier. This is a devastating day for our community. 
basically no other information except three people died in a pool drowning. Some people, adults, who could have just stood up. I thought that was bizarre. 62-year-old, a 33-year-old, and an 8-year-old. Yeah. It's... Some stinks there. Yeah. That story doesn't make any, any sense. So, without further ado, Andrew Hoffman, words of wisdom for us, buddy. Okay, very profound words of wisdom today. Sometimes, or, well, let me say it this way. Not every rope is a noose. Sometimes a rope is a garage door opener. (laughs) The words of wisdom we need in the time that we need it. You are the hero that we don't deserve. Thank you, Andrew, (laughs) for being here. Thank you for the words of wisdom. Everybody out there, join me in a media fast as long as you can go if you want. If not, keep looking at the, the news, but be sure to pray. And also read the word of God, as Zig Ziglar says. He reads the newspaper every morning, and he reads the the Bible every morning. Well, he died. He's dead. But he used to say, I read the newspaper every morning, and I read the Bible every morning, because I want to see what both sides are up to. (laughs) What both sides are up to. (laughs) Which I always thought was actually very wise. Yes. Anyway, hopefully everybody out there can uh, have a good week, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Have a great week copy of this podcast as well as links to each story covered are available at revelationsradionews.com to contact andrew and tim or to support revelations radio news please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the contact tab or support tab please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com and thank you for your support of this podcast